welcome to In My Head. My name is Nanya and I will be your travel buddy. Hello again everyone, welcome to our small circle, remember that this is a safe space, we're only here to tell our stories, connect with each other, connect with our souls, and the nature that we see and behold, carry on then. Relax, I'm only going to tell a story today. (laughs) Quit racing. You see, sometimes I feel I could be doing more. I want to do everything. I want to be everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Like a ghost, a traveler. A passenger on a ghost train, headed nowhere in particular. Maybe time traveling or something, just passing through time. I want to see the beauty of nature. I want to fail and be patient with myself. So I I keep trying to exit my current situation. When I go to sleep. At night, it's like something is always chasing me. I'm kept on my toes when when I want to lay my head. Even when I just want to sleep, when I just want to take a nap. I can't take naps. I, 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 I get these bad dreams. And the 5 to 30 minutes that I close my eyes to take a nap, it's not very uh, very good for me. Sometimes it's this rush of adrenaline that pushes me to panic and I refuse complacency because then again I want to be productive like something is hurrying me out it's there's a lot of pressure Sometimes it's a dream And in that dream I'm running Sometimes my legs get too heavy they feel paralyzed So I throw myself forward the strength of my forearms and I just keep on going like a horse or a beast, some kind of beast that moves only with the forearms. It doesn't really matter where it is, wherever it is, I'm running. I'm a blue at a swing. That was the first time I met him at the swing set in a park. I was sitting and sketching. I was sketching the tree in front of me because I love nature. And um, he sat down beside me. And um, he did not say anything. I was waiting for him to introduce himself or make some sort of sound or 
a remark about what I was doing, but he wasn't even looking into my sketchbook. He wasn't peering to see what I was doing. He was just sitting there. And for the very first time in my life, I finished a sketch in a single sitting. Normally, I'd just make an outline, go home with the um, mental photograph of the whatever it was that I was sketching and I'd finish it at home or if it was too complex I'd return the next day and continue from where I stopped but you know with blue I finished my sketch for the very first time and that was something I thought it was the start of a beautiful friendship the next time was at our city life performance theater i used to act i was such a great actress stage performance was just theater i loved it absolutely everything about it and i remember i was reciting my um lines and um i was the narrator that day i was reciting them and peering at the eyes of every single spectator in that uh, auditorium and my eyes locked with the i was happy to see him but I I didn't know his name was Blue because the first time I met him he never said what his name was he just never even said anything he just sat with me and when I was done when I got up to leave he went home so I hoped I'd see him after the performance but I didn't he uh, just vanished into thin air next time I saw him was at a school game I did not know he was in my school uh he was on the basketball team and he was playing and (laughs) it was just so shocking because then I I wasn't a cheerleader or anything but I I enjoyed watching sports not sports I enjoyed watching basketball because I thought it was like I thought it was just nice and I saw him and he saw me and I remember we won our team won and um there were a couple of gardens um there there were like two gardens and the um because it was our school and there were very rare flowers so he plucked me a pink thorned rose that was the very first I had ever gotten and I was happy I was very happy we were good friends me and blue for the first time I wasn't just running from something I was running from something to someone I was running to blue he was the first person I ever felt connected to and always I would sit down and Blue would sit with me and I would talk about my day and talk about my struggles and talk about what I found difficult and um, Blue would listen he wouldn't say anything he would listen and I, I always checked to make sure that Blue was listening, and the truth was, he was always listening. 
always, always listening. He was like my living diary. And it was some college application period, you know, high schoolers looking for the best one to go. I wanted to go for arts because I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be a stage performer. I wanted to stand on that stage and own it. Um, Blue wanted to do programming. He wanted to be a software person. I, I, I really don't know what, what the thing is called. But then... um. We both applied to the same college. I wanted to do acting. He wanted to do programming. And both of them were like offered in that college. But my dad died and my brother got ill. So Cassie, my dad's wife, uh, wasn't working at the time. And that was the end of my college fund because uh, my brother is Cassie's son. And she... uh, got her hands on my stuff (laughs) my uh college money and that was the end of it so yeah uh that ruled out me leaving the country because the college that we found was outside the country and that ruled it out my dad was he was well to do he was a banker he uh, had a lot of money he owned stocks and stuff that normal bankers wouldn't do because of their many hours of working in an office but somehow he had a lot of money but I don't think Cassie was able to manage that very well so um that was that senior year was plenty much I kept on drawing Every plant I saw, I acted every script I was given and every script I read. And I was scrubbing every house I was paid to clean on weekends when I wasn't delivering pizza. Because then I tried to find work so I could save up for my college. I never foresaw my dad's death. You know, it wasn't something I prepared for. And um, it wasn't really my dad anyway he was my foster dad I had a foster dad and a foster mom the mom passed and he got remarried when I was like eight and he got remarried to Cassie so Cassie really didn't have much for me so um school was easy though But, you know, the house, that lonely house, Cassie moved back to her parents' place, so I stayed in my dad's condo. He had one condo that was, um, rented for the whole, um, year, and the rent wasn't due till the next year. That was just, that gave me just about enough time to be in college, so I I, I was not too bad, but, you know, it was still pretty lonely, I worked most nights after school, practiced more on my acting when I wasn't working. If I didn't, I'd I'd get sad because I was lonely, and sometimes Blue would stay with me. His older sister would call if he couldn't. There's this thing with me and Blue, we didn't really like using phones. 
except when we wanted to take um, pictures and print them out as Polaroids or stickers so we could put in our journals. We, um, we fancied writing. We wrote letters and... Um, because it was just more comfortable for me. I felt safer with paper and pens and pencils than with digital devices. So, Lou had asthma, but he vaped a lot. I remember the very first time we smoked together one Friday night after watching the shittiest movie. We got so high. <laughs> It was crazy because I choked on that smoke, but somehow worked, you know. I think we were just talking and um, I got over it. Strawberry cigarettes. I was really slow. My mind was slow. My speech was slurred. And uh, I wasn't panicking. I wasn't being chased. I wasn't running I was quiet in my head. My head was quiet. Very quiet. And I liked that. I really did. So at the end of senior year, I wasn't able to save enough for college. It was in a different continent entirely, not just in a different country. And Blue left with his entire family they relocated and um that was the initial plan anyway so you know he had the life of his um dream and where he worked to it and i'm i'm so happy for him but i waited back a year anyway i got a couple of side hustles um i got a decent place to live because i couldn't afford the rent of my dad's condo and uh, i got other things that i needed to survive i started painting I joined a band. I made a little more money. I started running again. So, uh, I picked up where me and Blue left. And I started smoking them strawberry cigarettes. I tried to stay calm. And eventually I was calm. I was constantly surrounded by a lot of people because the work that I did required that I socialized a lot and I made more friends and networked and uh, I was constantly around people, very lively people, people of all sorts, yeah. <laughs> but the truth is, I always wanted to see Blue. I even started texting, I joined social media, you know, he didn't really use social media for me, you know, I was the pen and paper one, and he literally lived on his computer, you know, he used to, he was a programmer, he used to hack stuff, so when I, when I say, um, we used to write, he just used to write to me. But, you know, since he left, I, I couldn't write and wait for my letters to be mailed so far away. So I, I, I got on social media. And um, I just wanted to see Blue. But upon all the texts and calls since he left, I never really did. It was never the same. 
even though I narrated my entire day, I, I, I talked and I talked and I sent voice notes and messages and, you know, it's just, wasn't like when he was here. So I kept my distance from people because they weren't blue. They wouldn't understand. The thing about connecting with someone and having them go from you is it makes you reluctant to do it again. Lou wasn't the first person I connected with that left me. I said I hadn't connected with anybody else before Blue. I lied. The truth is, Blue wasn't the first person. There were others. They came and they left. They didn't just walk out. Some died, some moved out, some. It wasn't always intended. It wasn't always preconceived wickedness. Sometimes it was a circumstance. It was an outcome of the circumstance that they found themselves in. But nonetheless, I still, I still feel like a traveler. And uh, in the end, you're always gonna be alone. No matter how hard you try, that's just the way it is.